Hello, and welcome to the Amber Stitt Show. I am your host, Amber Stitt, and I am obsessed with helping people get their financial and personal lives in order. Every week, my guests and I explore the fundamentals and practices that will help you stay on top of your game in business, but also at home. I believe we all have different pathways we have to take to reach our peak performance so that we can live up to our peak potential. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you get there. I'm excited to share the insights and habits that my guests and I have cultivated throughout our lives so that we can help you on your journey towards a happy, successful, and fulfilling life. Let's jump right into today's show. Welcome to today's show. I am very excited to introduce my friend, Lynette Mason, the Vice President of Service and Individual Operations over at Emeritus. She and I have known each other since I started working with Emeritus products almost a decade ago, and or close to that. So Lynette, I think you've been at Emeritus for about 30 years now? That's Is that right? Yep, 30 years, 33 years in the industry. <laughs> well, congratulations and welcome to the show. I'm, I am so happy that you're here because I want to shed some light on this diversity, equality, and inclusion conversation, otherwise known as DEI. I would love to today to just answer the question, what is DEI? And this topic has been trending, I think, in the last 12 months. It's been, I've been hearing about it more. But the feedback from this topic can swing a couple different ways. It can go from really enthusiastic and we're excited, and then I'll talk about it, and sometimes I'll get this little pushback. And I just, I think some of that comes from people maybe being afraid of changing or being forced to change. But today I would just love to cover some just points that, from your perspective, I know that you've done a ton over the last, I want to say, at least a year, or at least it feels like that since I've been doing a lot of advocacy. I know that you have too. And one of my first congressional meetings with NAFA, one of the insurance organizations that supports legislative uh, changes in financial services, back in May at the Washington, D.C. trip, I don't know if that was your first time, I think it might have been, um, you opened with some other friends discussing DEI, and that was my first time really hearing about it. And so I appreciated that, and I instantly had some takeaways, things that I could do better in my life. Um, so that was awesome to see you, but I know that that wasn't the only time. I feel like you're being asked regularly to speak now about that. So between you and my friend Tony Gonzalez that you know that works with women in insurance and financial services, this is becoming more popular and it's important to be to be out there. This information is important to have out there. So um, I would like to, before I pass the mic, have you answer a couple questions just to kick this off. So first, just a little bit about you for the audience that doesn't know you yet. Um, give a little background, but then I also wanted to know, how did you stumble into this advocacy role? Is it something that you always thought you'd be doing? So I'll pass the mic to you. Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Amber, for having me here on this you know, podcast. I, I appreciate you and what you do for, for our customers and, and for the company. You're awesome and just appreciate being able to talk about this with everyone. Um, so how I started with this is I think I've always had a desire to bring awareness of um, just 
you know, that people are different, right? And you just appreciate people. You get to know them, right? You, you listen. Like, to me, that is, when I think of inclusion, that is the number one item that I think is the most important takeaway is listening. Um, you know, I think a lot of what happens today is we're so engrossed in our own world, right? We're busy. Uh, we have responsibilities at work, at home. Our kids are in school. We're running around, and so we're just um, just siloed in our environment that we don't realize there's this whole world outside of our world with mm-hmm. other thoughts and people look different and people act different and people talk different. People have different skills. Right. So it's, it's all of that that I think that um, we're missing out on. So the more we're educated on our differences, right, the more we could tap into all of this stuff. Um, I'll also share with you my uh, my background, right? So we talked about I've been in this industry for 33 years mm-hmm. with one company for 30 years, which is crazy, yeah. crazy in this day and age. And time flies when you're having fun. But, um, you know, I started in this industry when I was 18 years old. And so I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, you know, we grew up in the projects. My parents didn't have a lot of money, right? I'm Puerto Rican. My parents have a second grade and sixth grade education, right? They had to work the farms in Puerto Rico. They moved to New York City to have a better life. Um, you know, they they got factory jobs. Um, they brought up me and my sister the best they could in, in that environment, which, um, you know, I, I adore them and think they did a fantastic job, Um when I graduated from high school, I had to make a decision. And that decision was I had to, I knew I wanted to go to college, right? I just didn't want them to pay for it. Um, and I also didn't want to take any loans. So I went on this, I call it an adventure to try to find an employer that would hire this 18 year old kid with, uh, <laughs> let me see, mailroom background and um, right. retail, right? And so I probably went on like 20 interviews before I had to wow. register for um, for my classes. So I had to decide, am I doing day classes, so full-time, or mm-hmm. am I doing night classes because I found a job that would pay for my school. And um, luckily, I, my very last interview was with Manhattan Life Insurance. And um, this woman, I'll never forget her, Terry, um, interviewed me and she actually gave me the job, right? She took a chance on me and I was able to get my college degree at night and Manhattan Life Insurance paid for it, which I was truly grateful. But so that's amazing. So not only, right, did I get my college degree, but I also learned a lot, right? I am now in this industry that I had no clue even existed, right? Right. Insurance being used for (laughs) financial planning, like it blew my mind. And I remember going home to my parents after I got to learn a little bit about it and asked them, I'm like, do you guys have life insurance? And they're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we have it through our employer, right? Which is, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if you guys lose your job? Like then you don't have- What was your first job though? Yes. Yes, right? It was, no, what was your first role, though, at the company? Oh, it was a um, new business processor. Okay, so more, okay, so like a transactional work coordinator. Yeah. Did you have to get your insurance license right away? No, I did not. Okay. I did not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was interesting. And then I found myself having conversations with, um, you know, other family members and other people in the Hispanic community. 
and you know telling them about this great tool in insurance and they all looked at me like I was crazy because in their mind insurance is just for um, final expenses so why I'm 40 years old why would you tell me about that I need insurance are you crazy and you know the crazy part Amber is that it is now what 33 years later and I'm still having conversations with people yeah. this Hispanic community and they still think the same about insurance well, I mean, the Life Happens organization, there's lots of statistics. That final expense myth, it's still, it's not just, I think, the Hispanic culture either. I think it's still, um, so that's amazing that I love that hustle at the very beginning. I mean, there's a lot of competition now for people leaving high school, then go into an internship or maybe that first job. But a lot of people, as we all know, are having those student loans. And you just said, no, I have a plan and I'm going to go get after it. So that is, I never knew that. So I have known you for a long time. That's really cool. Yeah. Working hard. Yes. Yes. Right. And so it's, it's that. And, you know, and I also think about like my journey in insurance, right? There wasn't a lot of 18 year old females. And then you add Hispanic on top of that, you know, in the yeah. financial services, um, on the administration side of the house. And it, it wasn't easy for me, right? Like, I don't think I was taken serious, right? And so I had to ask for things. I learned very early on in my career that if I wanted something, I just needed to ask for it, right? And and make sure. a point of wanting to do it, improving myself. And, you know, I wish I would have had somebody that could have mentored me along the way. Uh, but I kind of had it to figure it all, all out on my own. So, you know, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be a mentor to people. Like, I, I want to help women. I, you know, I want to help, um, you know, young people coming into um, insurance or, you know, any, you know, career and, you know, and just help them out, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. And um, yep. there's just a lot of opportunity. Yeah, there's part of my story was, you know, hiding from the insurance industry, financial services for about a decade. My family's all in the business. I just thought I, I couldn't do it because my accounting grades, mathematics was not my thing. But there's so many ways to be in financial services and help people, serve people. So for me, that was a huge after after getting my business up and running. Then once that was established, I was like, OK, how can I help? And I know that that's where. Your your organization sponsors a lot of different things for 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 inclusion advocacy. Um, I know there's a lot more women in in the workplace where you are. I'm sure you have something to do with that too. But yeah, just helping the younger generation see that there's a place for them, and we need we need to help others see how to how they can protect the, their families. So. I know that you and I share that common ground, and then a lot of my adult relationships with my colleagues that I see at conferences throughout the year, that's really what we're constantly doing. If we're not doing our day job, we're doing some of these other things out there, uh, hopefully to make a difference. And so I know that within your organization, you guys do a lot with um, a couple, I think there's a couple personality assessments that you're doing some team engagement. So I think at the very beginning, when you're explaining what inclusion is, I think when you're really looking at, and what I call focusing on talents, that's the number one step in pathways of peak performance through the, the, the podcast that I have, is really knowing who you are and how you work and where are you talented. So once you understand yourself and kind of see what maybe you're, you're not, you're not trying to fix what you're not, but that also helps you understand if I work a certain way, someone else might not be the same as me. That 
I think could, I didn't think about this even before we, we scheduled our time together, but that could completely help that shift of mindset for the inclusion piece. It's a lot of fun when you can recognize I tick this way. And why is, why am I not having the best interaction with this person over here? Well, people are different. And so then if you can kind of challenge yourself to, to see it from their side of things, it can just make you a better human, better teammate, better individual, maybe better business partner or spouse. So, um, but, but back to the whole DEI, when people hear that acronym, they go, okay, what is that? So when you've done some, some speaking out there, um, what are some of the main points to share with the audience where people might say, oh, I don't want you to have to, I don't want you to make me have to change how I do things or how I think. What, do you, what are some takeaways for some of the people in the audience today that you could say, you can start with this. So what are some of those, as you were speaking, comments or something that people could implement today or kind of shift their mindset on the topic of DEI? Yes, thank you. Um, so I would say number one is, um, you know, understanding even like, what does DEI mean like to you, right? Like, and to me, like out of the three, like inclusion to me is just like the the glue, for, you know, for everything, right? Because it's about like making people feel comfortable, making people feel like they belong. Like I mentioned early on, listening that, you know, that's key. Just making a, a very welcoming environment to people, um, right? And, and, and it's just also taking a step back and making sure one, that you're doing all those things. And number two also is look at your own personal environment. Like what are your circle of friends? Like what do they right. look like? What, you know, I shared that article with you in regards to, um, you know, a study that was done in regards to how many people have their circle of friends that look like them, right? And I think um, white Americans was like 90% were white, mm -hmm. right? So if you don't expose yourself and if your work life or your, um, you know, maybe you're part of a, you know, um, organization or you know your job is the first place where you're actually exposed to to different type of individuals with different thoughts and different skills well you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable right I think that's just human nature to just um well I don't understand it I don't know it you know I, you know I'm just going to be a little bit off about it maybe I need to do a little bit more research you know I'm not going to be totally engaged out of the gate but it's about, it's okay to feel uncomfortable, right? Go ahead and ask questions, right? right? Get involved, right? Go join a, a nonprofit, you know, to help out a community that you normally wouldn't be exposed to, right? It's just mm -hmm. taking all those steps to educate yourself. And I would say another thing is, I think what we're also a little bit too dependent on our um, organizations to help with these initiatives with, you know, the um, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. And it really should be on the individual level, right? Sure. If your organization is providing you with literature or, um, you know, online modules to learn more, then yes, definitely take it, right? Um, you know, be part of an ARG, right? Just to be able to, you know, listen in and and, and help and be part of the community that, that works with that, um, you know, ARG. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that could be done, but I think um, the focus is educating yourself, exposing yourself to these um, different ways of thinking and, and um, you know, and listening, right? You know, listen, because if somebody brings something to your attention that's making them feel uncomfortable or, you know, maybe um, they have a concern that maybe you're not really understanding because you, you're not part of that, um, don't dismiss it, right? You right. Listen to it because they're bringing it to your attention for a reason, right? I think those are the the top takeaways I would share. Well, I think yeah. I like your I like your ideas of. I mean, this could be for a new person coming into the industry or any job. It does not have to be financial services, but if you want to participate and you want yeah. change, you physically have to go do that. That's why. We went to D.C. I want to see what people are doing on the legislative side of things, um, the constituents, to see what are these bills that are impacting families. Okay, the only way to really figure that out is not watch the TV to see what is what they're telling us, but go out there and do it. So whether it doesn't necessarily need to be the DEI task force, but it could be that you're just participating with different Outside of your bubble, like you said, is there something where you can put yourself in a different environment that you can help and then kind of establish that? But, you know, pick something that you enjoy, some activity, whether it's a club or like an athletic team for kids or whatever it might be. There is a place, especially post-COVID, there are so many ways to network. And I share with our colleagues all the time on even LinkedIn, there's so many friends that you can find that have similar uh mindsets or values where you're sharing, you know, maybe like-minded ideas, but you can also find different clubs and different webinars or different, there's so much out there that you could participate in. So there's a number of resources where if you're more of an introvert, you can maybe do more, more online, but there's things you can do both ways. So I really think that there probably are no excuses. There, there are resources. And so I think for, for, for our, my audience and for us, I mean, we can be resources to anybody that's listening in because we participate not only in just female-focused groups, but we have a number of other ones. So um, if, if you're looking for a place to begin, um, I'll definitely link up your contact information in the, the show notes so that people can find you if they have a question, but I'm always happy to help. So um, any takeaways to kind of wrap it up today, just kind of on the general DEI uh, conversation. Yeah, so I would say, you know, to piggyback with what you just said, um, you want to join these resource groups. Um, you know, we have a couple here at work. Um, you know, we have you know people with you know disabilities. Um, you know, African American. Um, you know, just like a, a, you know a bunch of them where you could join and just learn more about it. But like I would say, number one, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Right. Um, you should strive actually to be uncomfortable because it, it means you're taking the steps right to. Ed- well, emotions are a good thing. We, all, yes. you know, emotions are part of the deal. If you can understand yourself and your emotions, that's the, that, there's something your body's telling you something. Yes, definitely. Maybe there needs to be some change. Yes. And listen, right. That that I cannot begin to stress anymore. Please listen to what what you're hearing and uh, not only firsthand, but even secondhand, right? There, there is something to to what's being said out there. So make sure you listen and, and also act on it, right? It, it just goes back to inclusion. Yeah, that's great. 
Well, thanks so much, Lynette. I really appreciate it. And we're going to have a series of episodes with you to implement a little bit more of the DEI conversation. But I think this was a great way to kind of kick this off. So thanks so much for being here. And thanks for everybody that's listening. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Amber Stitch Show. For more information about the podcast, books, articles, and more, please visit me at amberstitt.com. Until next week, enjoy your journey at home and at work. Thank you for listening.